You are now listening to the Orange Podcast, where we explore and enjoy what life has to offer. I'm your host and friend, Priscilla Passion. I'm glad you're here today. Today on the Orange Podcast, I have a special guest. The Joyce Terry is here, and I am deeply elated to have her here with me selfishly, but even more excited for those who listen um, to this podcast to hear her heart and her voice. Joyce is a one of a kind, and by the end of this podcast, whether you've previously known her or not, you'll be transformed in the most loving and sweetest ways possible. Joyce is a wife. She's a worshiper and a writer. She has been married to her husband, Pastor Jimmy Terry, for over 20 years and currently resides in New York. <laughs> so today we are going to discuss some of her Joyce's jewels for enjoying life because we definitely need to enjoy it. So I would like to begin with our warm up for today. Um, if you've been listening to the Orange Podcast for the last couple of weeks, before we get started with what's on my heart and all that stuff, we warm up, we get ready. So since we have our lovely guest today on the podcast, I'm going to ask you the question. You ready? Let's go. All right. Say hey to everybody too. Hello, everyone. <laughs> all right. So the question today is, what is your favorite item you've bought and enjoyed this year? Okay. So I would say my favorite item that I've bought for myself this year is a pink coat. Okay. I'm not really a coat person. I mean, <laughs> you just buy a nice coat, you know, for the season. Yeah. Um, but um, I happened to be browsing and then this coat uh, caught my eye and I saw it a few weeks earlier before I bought it and it was um, significantly higher in price. And mm -hmm. then I just was like, okay, it's not, I'm not going to give it for that price. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it. Um, and I'm not really frugal, but I'm, you know, I just said, uh, not right now. Mm -hmm. And then like a couple of weeks later, it was not on sale, but it was different price. And I thought I really should have just gotten that even at the price it was before, because mm -hmm. there's some things that you just need to invest in yourself. And it was, it was every bit of worth what it was mm -hmm. originally. Um, but then of course I got it at a good deal, but it's just a coat that I wouldn't normally get. I'm not mm -hmm. a really like a uh, pink person yeah. all the time, yeah. but it's pink and it's like, what kind of pink? It's literally like a, like a cotton candy pink. Mm. And I'm usually pretty, like, I like black coats <laughs> and, <laughs> and stuff. But uh, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna like to wear it for Valentine's stepping Day. Stepping out. Yeah. And I have a hat. I can, like, I can get with that because I bought this baby blue coat this year. And I usually am, like, a neutral, earth tone type yeah, of. Warm color. Yeah. yeah. But I've been feeling it. I've been feeling it. So that's cool. Nice. Yeah. So, you know what? That's probably one of my favorite items I bought this year was that baby blue coat as well. Additionally, though, I think one of the favorite things I've gotten this year is my teapot. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> because um, I feel like, you know, tea is healthy. It's good for you. It's relaxing. And it's just adding to the overall, like, nurturing that I was talking about kind of like on the previous episodes for your body. Mm -hmm. And just mentally, like, it just soothes when you just kind of, like, sip that tea, you know? So, anything else? No, I think that was it. I think that was just something that stood out to me, and it's because it was so rare, you know. Mm. And like you said, everybody kind of has a color. Like yeah. you go through it, through everyone's closet, and either they have all black, 
all blue, all something. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's literally probably the only pink item that I have. <laughs> so I'm a I really don't think I have anything pink. Yeah, I'm not a real pink or person, baby blue, but, but I guess like had this little softness or something to it. So this is the year of the colors. Yeah. All right. So before we get into your jewels and you know you helping us to enjoy life through your wisdom i think it's important that we establish like our history and how we came to be because that's i think really important to this moment um so who should go first me or you well you know it's like when you ask people you know how did you meet in general whether it's friendships or relationships they they tend to have different versions yeah so I'm kind of curious to hear what, I mean, I've heard it before, but yeah. I mean, in terms of how we've been able to mm-hmm. um, relay, you know, mm-hmm. what we were thinking or what was going on during that time where we kind of, uh, the Lord allowed us to connect. So yeah, you can go first. So I just remember several years back um, being at NIYC, for those who don't know, it's like our annual youth convention for our church um, family, denomination, whatever you call it, movement. <laughs> And so um, I just remember always seeing you there every year in December, Um, probably since I started. I started going when I was 12. And I think during that time, maybe you and Pastor Jimmy were the presidents of NIYC, maybe, or just finished. Yeah. Um, But I just remember um, always seeing you and, and, like, admiring you from afar. And then um, when I went to Anderson and started to – go to NYC to represent the school and because you're alumni and you come into the table I just always like enjoyed that like short exchange between us and it was always still that admir like that admiration like oh she's so cool like you know just everybody feels that <laughs> way first of all <laughs> but about um, you oh, oh that was too loud but anyway Capri Sun on deck so um, that I think that was just kind of like the past history. Like it wasn't, it yeah. was like not, passing moments. Yeah, yeah. Not super personal. Yeah. Um, but then in 2018, you came to our church um, to be our woman of the weekend. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Leading worship and um, preaching and things like that. And that's such a huge like role to take, especially doing both actually when I think about it in hindsight, but I was able to connect with you and play for you for that weekend. And I was just going into that weekend, just concerned about doing, playing the songs and playing them right. Even if they were in the key that (laughs) I preferred, um, I would just focus on like, I really wanted to play well. And I I just have that um, integrity for everybody, but definitely for you as well, kind of like already having that, that history of knowing you and who you are and what you represent. I was taking it really seriously. So um, May 2018, we did that. Um, And then it was a Friday, and we had that instant connection. And I'm like, hmm, you know, I was uh, just kind of, I feel like in life at that point, I was just, I don't know, just getting by, you know, kind of lost, trying to figure things out. Um, But, I remember that Sunday after our last service, um, feeling in my heart and knowing that I wanted you to be in my life. And I hadn't felt a lot of sureness about anything, I think, during that time. But I was very sure 
um, and knew that the Lord had spoke to me about you, um, me asking you to come into my life as my mentor. I didn't even know what that meant, but I knew what I was on, what was on my heart. I just remember feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was super overwhelmed <laughs> that day because, it, like I said, it was so clear to me, and I knew it had huge implications for my life. And I just like remember some of those moments while you're preaching and um, some of the things you said, some directly to me and mm-hmm. some just, um, it was just hidden. And so that was the beginning and I asked you to be my mentor and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Almost really four years later. Right. I wouldn't add much uh, to it because that's literally um, the amazing story was yeah. that um, 2018 was just a really transformational year for me as well. Mm-hmm. I was walking into um, an executive position that I never had before. I was being asked to uh, preach and uh, sing at so many places that year. And I remember being invited to um, to come minister at the women's conference. And I knew there was a bigger reason why I was there. Mm-hmm. And not even just to say because preaching the word and singing wasn't enough. Yeah. Um, but the whole weekend, I, I just stayed in a, I just remember staying in this, um, perpetual state of presence mm. um, and God showing me some things. And then I don't know if it was the second day that you ended up eating lunch with us. Oh yeah. Saturday. Yeah. yeah. And um, I knew that there was a reason for you to even be there kind of around the table. Mm-hmm. There's a part of every leader that you just want people to see your humanness. Mm. You know, you'd, you, we had connected spiritually. We had mm-hmm. connected with, you know, musically, um, but sometimes you really have to make yourself vulnerable. And we'll probably get into that in one of our lessons, one of the jewels that we share, mm-hmm. or that I share. And the bigger piece is the relational part. And it does. It takes some vulnerability and transparency. But mm-hmm. I intentionally wanted you to be um, at least in a circle uh, or at a time where you saw me as a person, not just as a, mm-hmm. you know, a psalmist or a worshiper or whatever, mm-hmm. and as a preacher, but just as a person, you know content of that whole conversation I think at lunch just was <laughs> real personal and crazy yeah. uh, but it wasn't something that I felt you know like oh I can't believe she's here and I didn't want her to hear that or something it was mm-hmm. just that's how women talk yeah you know so it felt very organic from the beginning and you're right uh, as I was ministering on Sunday um, it, w- it was really there were a few times where it did it just felt like it was just you and me and the Lord in the room and he just had some specific things to share with you and I and I recall just also sharing with you that, um, you know, that they're, mm-hmm. you know, to prepare your heart musically, yeah. everything else that God could put you on a national mm-hmm. platform. Yeah. And I think it was that, and he well, did. that was May, but I think by December yeah. is when you and YB and some mm-hmm. others had to come, come to the forefront, um, and did an amazing job. I ended up not being of all places at yeah. all times, not at that specific, uh, convention due to the family emergency, but just heard all about it and God used you in a powerful way. So Mm -hmm. I was excited and I didn't know how we would stay connected after I left that Sunday. Mm -hmm. So I was really excited that to get your text (laughs) message. It was, it was nice. So then, yeah. So then I text you that Monday. Yeah. Um, and I asked if we could talk Mm -hmm. later that week. And that was my first time ever, um, doing anything like that. Um, I never, I think I was like searching um, subconsciously for just a voice of guidance, but it was so clear at that point I knew. And so we talked, we ended up talking that Thursday after Yeah, we talked for a while. Mm -hmm. And I just remember being like, 
um, just so grateful that you talked to me so long. Um, and I clearly didn't know what I wanted. I just knew that um, it was you that God had, had assigned to my life. Mm-hmm. And from that day, it's just been uphill. Um, I, 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 I'm on this podcast today because of you, I believe. And I know. Aww. Yeah, for sure. Like um, all of the conversations that we had that challenged me, challenged me, challenged my growth, my comfort, my um, influence all these many hours of communicating and growing and yeah that's why i'm here today so i'm so grateful to have you here to chat because you're part of the reason one of the seeds i mean one of the what you call it waterers Mm -hmm. (laughs) the waterers (laughs) to the seed and um this is fruit of that basically well i'm honored i think that um it was and has always been easy to um, both love and lead you, Priscilla. You, you've always always had this spirit of wanting to grow, and that actually makes any mentee mentor mm-hmm. relationship easier. You know, it's not always an assumption that that person wants to grow mm-hmm. and be stretched. Sometimes there's all kinds of reasons why people want mentors. It could be for exposure. They may be opportunistic. They may mm-hmm. just want you know to be seen with that person and really have no real motive to be moved and changed and inspired or impacted and so you've just always really wanted to grow and I've always appreciated that it's mm-hmm. it's made the connection uh not just authentic but productive you know mm-hmm. and and it's not productive because of a performance through a podcast or anything yeah. like that you're just um there's so many other things that I know that God has in store for you so I'm just excited to be on the ride <laughs> I'm glad you're here All right, so I guess that leads us into the jewels that we're going to talk about today um, that are going to help us enjoy life. So let's just start with the first one, and then you can tell me what's up with that. All right, so the first jewel that we have for enjoying life is when you allow people to validate you, you also give them access to violate you. Can you explore that for a bit? Yeah. Um, you know, initially, you know, the, the word violate stands out to people mm-hmm. first. And it, it almost makes an association to, you know, um, something violent or abuse or whatever. And in this way, in this particular context, what I'm really talking about is the fact that, you know, anything that causes disruption an offense, disappointment, um, all of those things, feeling misunderstood, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's important to remember, you know, when you um, allow people to validate you and you you want them to, you know, affirm and to um, encourage and all of these other positive, you know, mm-hmm. honorific things, um, you can't have that or at least at a level or an exposure of your skin and layers being peeled back and letting that person see you, know you enough to be able to validate you. And then assume that that's okay, that that's all that there is. Mm -hmm. Because in almost every case where it's at least true validation, then it also will um, not necessarily create it, but it's just there. And that is when you're extremely close to people and you allow them to be extremely close to you, Mm -hmm. um, it's not just the good they see, it's the bad. And so that also will include a level of accountability uh, that may make you feel uncomfortable 
but then it sometimes may include an offense just because we're all human. And a lot of people I found sometimes just want to jump ship. They, they, they want to just kind of, um, just exit the relationship once it doesn't produce what feels good mm-hmm. and what validates and what confirms and affirms them. And they don't really want to deal with the messiness of it. You know, um, there is something to work through and, uh, in every relationship mm-hmm. and and when it comes to people allowing people to to violate certain areas of your life again not in a, an offensive way that says I'm being mistreated but more so saying I don't, I've never let anyone in this area in my life why are you here why do you get to speak into it why do you, why are you saying anything about it and uh, whether it's a mental relationship or you know some other relationship there's access that we're giving people to come in places that we haven't allowed people to be in before, but mm. that, that only produces great things. It really does. And especially, well, specifically if it's done in the right way and, yeah. and from the right motive. And, and so I think you can't have one without the other. Mm. I hear so much about people like in a sense of girl, don't let people do this. And even in the pulpit, there's like, people talk all the time about haters and stuff like why do you think there's such this emphasis on what people say what people think what people feel yeah um i think there's this assumption that um, if people oppose you they don't like you mm-hmm. i think that's bad i think when you're in a room full of yes men or mm-hmm. you know or you're the smartest person in the room kind of thing then anyone that has an op- opposing view or let's say doesn't like something you do, we've automatically in our society categorized that person as being a hater. Oh, they don't like me. They don't, Mm. they're not supporting me, but we have to get to a point where we're able to not have the same opinions or the same views about things without assuming those people are against us. And we also live in a society where unless it's, you know, you hear all these things, good vibes only Mm. um, and all that, but then where will your, iron be sharpened you know Mm. if you're just surrounded by people who are constantly loving kind sweet and everything for one that's probably not even reality because that's not the world we live in you're always we're always going to encounter someone who you know is that is an adjutant in some way Mm. um so that kind of toxic positivity doesn't allow us to grow Mm. if you're always insulated Okay, toxic saying, positivity. Yeah. So when people say things like, you know, good vibes only mm-hmm. and or they say, um, you know, no, no, they just don't want any negativity. They don't want any drama. They, you know, if it costs you your peace, it ain't worth it. And mm-hmm. well, you know, how is your strength? How is your faith going to be strengthened? What if you're if you are completely isolating yourself from anything that is supposed to give you and strength and empower you in certain areas then mm-hmm. how we you're we're protecting ourselves too much to be honest we're protecting our, protecting ourselves from the very things that are that are supposed to really build us up and, and cause our faith to increase and to allow our minds to expand um, we should always we should be friends with people who have different views and different uh, mm-hmm. and sees life differently than us because if not there's no va- there is no validation to some of the things we say especially when people tell me, oh, I'm open-minded. Well, when's the last time you intentionally inserted yourself into a conversation that was going to make you feel uncomfortable? 
it went against your spiritual values. It went against your critical thinking. It went against your upbringing. Well, how do you know you're open-minded? And mm -hmm. open-minded doesn't mean you're tolerant of everything, but it means that you're kind and can have a considerate conversation with people without mm -hmm. getting back to what you said, walking away thinking they're haters or that they're anything less than who they are. And we're all human. We're still growing. We're still, we should still be growing and still be stretching, but mm -hmm. you can't do that in a room full of just all good stuff. Hmm. So it sounds like we have a problem being challenged and being uncomfortable, which is not a great place to be as a generation because we have to have, like you said, the strength to be able to bump up against things that are um, challenging so that we can grow. Yeah. How else are we supposed to get to the next big thing without having the skin to withstand a challenge or a tough time? Absolutely. And I don't, I don't necessarily, I try not to categorize any specific generation, you know, <laughs> but um, I will say that it may be, you know, a dominant kind of, you know, characteristic that I've seen in, in some, some, some millennials now. Yes. That, um, it, it, it lacks tension mm. and durability. And those are things that it doesn't matter what age you are. You yeah. need that. You, you need to be able to say, I withstood something and I stood my ground mm. and I stood and I, uh, didn't compromise and I didn't back down. And I don't hear conversations a lot about that from 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 younger people. I I hear, um, you know what? If you're not for me, then I'm out of here. I'm I'm gone. <laughs> if I don't like this job, I'm quitting. Bruh, if I, I was don't. going to mention that, like <laughs> that's millennials what I'm are not staying no. in a job that they don't like. No, and that's and I get that to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. I won't say but. However, mm. there's a um, again there's that durability that that ability to um, grow in the dark kind of thing. And mm. and it produces kind of a, a spirit of self-entitlement. Mm. You are... As if, you, as, if, as if the world is owes them something just because they're talented, just because they're, they are great, and just because they are um, skilled and, and amazing at what they do. But if you can't be in a room where you're still learning and growing... But to the extent where sometimes you're able to endure things that aren't comfortable, then all you really are is just not just all you are is skilled, gifted, talented, anointed. But the moment the wind blows, you're going to fall over. Mm. Like no tension. No, we're not able to deal with tension, which is affecting our durability. Yeah. Ultimately, what I'm hearing is there's no process and really bad listening skills. I think one of the benefits of having a mentor um, like you and having being um, under a pastor, which a lot of people aren't, they don't have spiritual mm -hmm. leadership, is um, being able to see the beauty in process. Mm -hmm. um, I was just watching a clip from Pastor Mike. I forget his last name. Um, the big guy. What's the song called? Well, I'll get to that later. Anyways, he said in this Instagram clip that people are getting high off of just the beginnings of things. Mm -hmm. The endorphins of 
just saying, oh, I'm about to do this, oh, I'm about to do that, but they don't have the strength to withstand, like, the whole thing, the whole process to get through the middle and to get through the end. And I think that's it's all kind of connected with what you're saying. Yeah, and I think the dichotomy is really the fact that these are, I mean, crazy gifted, anointed vessels, except a ship is a vessel. And what happens is you just have all these ships that are still anchored at shore, mm. but they never go out. They can't, they haven't ex- experienced anything. So when you're skipping the process, that's basically what you're doing. You are, you're, you're this amazing vessel, but mm. you're not, you're, you're not going anywhere and you're just not at a standstill, but basically you have all this amazing purpose, mm. but it's not being used fully. And I think it was Miles Monroe who said, you know, when the purpose of a thing is unknown, then abuse is inevitable. Mm. I had to just looked it up. His name was okay, Pastor what's Mike his name? Junior. <laughs> Pastor, I don't know why I forgot. Pastor Mike who? Junior. Oh, okay. Um, last thing I'm going to say about this, then we'll move on to the next question. There mm-hmm. was an issue that happened with a Christian rapper in this past week who got into a scandal, and um, another rapper replied. His name is Thizzle. Mm-hmm. And I was watching his video, and he was talking about how he's been pulling some of these young dudes to the side and, like, I guess, in a sense, offering some wisdom and guidance, and they're rejecting it. They're rejecting the wisdom from him, and I think we're seeing that just across the board. And just, like, this moment right here is just reminding me of what a dangerous place we're probably in. Yeah, it is dangerous, especially for the church. Because there's this moment where you have to admit, and I mean, whether people admit it or not, if you're not teachable, you can't teach. Mm. And that means basically if you are teaching, then you're basically teaching just what you know. Yeah. And that's so limited. Mm. It's so limited. It reminds me of, um, I mean, there's so many examples even in the Bible, but um, the one that sticks out to me, and it's one of my favorite, it it, it kind of just shows this elder person kind of sweeping in and seeing this young leader who, yes, is amazing, a wonderful, great, all these, uh, you know, wonderful, wonderful compliments and, and, and positive characteristics. And it's from Exodus, and it's when Moses's um, father-in-law, Jethro, comes to visit him and his wife and the children there. And is kind of surveying the land and seeing all the things that Moses is over. And, uh, and so I, I think the story basically goes, he goes into town and, and kind of shadows Moses. He sees what he does and all the areas uh, that he's um, kind of governing and uh, giving leadership to. And sure enough, down in the passage, there comes this verse where he says, Moses, you're going to have to delegate because you're going to get burnt out. This isn't going to be good for you. What you need to do is, and he starts describing all of the ways that he can delegate his responsibilities. And he says, give this tribe leader this responsibility. Give this leader that responsibility. And then for like the bigger things, the things that they can't decide on their own, then have them come back and refer to you for, Mm -hmm. you know, overall guidance. But for the things that they can handle, go ahead and train them and teach them how to, to, to process and handle 
these small problems or even these big problems, but for the things that, you know, that they need to, to really bring to you, um, then they can bring that to you. But if you don't slow down, mm. you'll be burnt out. And uh, that always that story always sticks out to me for for that very reason, for someone to be able to come in and say, hey, yeah, you're doing great. I'm not knocking what you're doing. Yeah. But you can't sustain this without some kind of accountability and uh, and uh, teaching. So we need to be teachable. Absolutely. We need to listen and get our lives together, basically. <laughs> That's what I'm getting. But I also say, we'll say this. <laughs> I think that in some cases that I've, uh, you know, known personally, there's there there seems to be a little bit of a distrust or dissonance um, between millennials and the, the next generation up because um, there, there seems to lack some some level of relational um, connection but that gets into uh, I think my next jewel which talks about it's perfect yeah so the next jewel that you want to share with mm-hmm. us is that people rarely know how you truly feel about them absolutely thank you for listening to the orange podcast it means a lot that you stayed this long if you enjoyed it hit subscribe and leave a review if you are looking for ways to support this show click the link in the description below See you next time for a fresh squeeze of the Orange Podcast. Have a colorful day.